Good morning. You made it. An hour over there is. Oh no, the clock has changed. Thank you for getting up an hour earlier and being here or tuning in online. We're glad that you're here. This morning we're going to continue the Jesus Is series. And this week we're looking at the subject that Jesus is the healer. And I'm going to introduce this with a story. Kara and Amanda. Go and grab Amanda. And she's going to... (laughs) Okay. Jesus is the healer. There's a passage we're going to begin with, Psalm 30. It's on the screen. Psalm 30 verse 2 says this. I call to you for help and you healed me. This short, sweet psalm was written by David, and he's telling the story that in our times of need, when we call to God for help, he hears us and he heals us. So we're going to start with a story, ladies, over to you. Hello. Um, My name's Amanda Brown. I'm one of the youth directs of the South Shore. For people who don't, hi. Um, Yeah, although you've just left, and I said, you guys left a little early. I love you, but we're not quite there yet. (laughs) I was like, I had to go give a testimony. So I just ran back out um, because God is good and God is moving. And, um, yeah, he moves when you don't always expect it. So my story is a story of healing. I got healed um, around the summer of 2017 at that point. Um, I had just given birth to a girl, beautiful girl, Evelyn, shout out. Um, <laughs> and yeah, God was, God was here and he, it was a transition time. Um, Rob was out and we had an interim a pastor and things were just kind of so chaotic and God knew that's when I needed him the most. So I ended up, I had new baby always in the arms and one day my shoulder just started really bothering me is it okay if I put this down if I am I muffled I don't I know I have to be six feet Yeah, you can take it down (laughs) so uh yeah I had this beautiful baby girl and my shoulder started really bothering me and I hate medicine even Tylenol um I'm more of like the home birth person so I, oh, no, it's fine, it's fine. You know, you just tell your husband, you're like, it's fine, it's fine. But it started getting worse and worse and worse, and I couldn't pick her up, and it got to a point where I couldn't even feed her because my rotator cuff just hurt so much. And I was in so much excruciating pain when it would move. So I called up my doctor, and I said, you know, can I come in? And um, they said, yeah, it looks like frozen shoulder. I'm going to set you up with an orthopedic. And now I'm like, oh, good, another doctor appointment. So I go to see the orthopedic, and he takes x-rays, and he said, well, you have one of three options. We can um, put you in therapy three days a week for X amount of hours. And I'm like, oh, goodness, that's going to be crazy. And he says, and if that doesn't get it to move, we have to put you to sleep and literally beat it out of this frozen mode. And I just thought, oof. And he said, and this x-ray shows your bone kind of go up. He said, it's going to irritate it a lot, and we should consider shaving it down a little bit so it doesn't keep irritating it. 
And I thought, oh, surgery. Oh, my goodness. And the whole time, it's funny. It's always, you know, you have these conversations with God. And you're like, you know, God, like, this would be an awesome time for you to show up and heal. This would be a great healing story. You know, you can do this. Glory to you. I will speak your praises. This would be great. <laughs> so I come back from the doctor appointment with those, like, the three options of, like, you know, beat it out of you, surgery out of you, the physical therapy for, you know, X amount of time. And I was just thinking, wow, can I do this? Can I do it on my own? Can I do those exercises and, you know, do all these things? And at the time, I had just dropped my oldest off at Kara's house um, for a play date as I went to this appointment. And, yeah, I'll let you take it from there. Hi, everyone. Okay, so Mandy shows up my house with her daughter for a play date with my daughter. And she was telling me about her pain in her shoulder and about the surgery and this and that. And right away, I heard the whispers of the Holy Spirit to pray for her. And I was like, okay, God, I know that's you. <laughs> you know, I'm just doing my mom thing. And I heard from the Lord. So I asked Mandy if I could pray for her. And she said, yes. She said, great, let's do this. So I laid hands on her. I invited the Holy Spirit to be with us. And I just prayed a simple prayer of worship. I worshiped the Lord. I told him how wonderful he is, how much I love him, and in Jesus' name, to heal my friend. And that was it. It was just a simple prayer of faith. You just have to have faith as small as a mustard seed, and God can move mountains. So that's my part. So I'd love to say, and then I was like, woohoo, I'm healed. And that's not how it happened. But that would have been sweet. So, I, yeah, I was like, oh, oh, dang. So I went home, and I, it was the most excruciating, painful night. And I woke up, and I said, I can't do it anymore. It's too much pain. I said, I'll do the cortisone shots. I'll do whatever I have to do. I just, I can't do this anymore. It's too painful. And my husband's like, so super supportive, of course. And he's like, you know, whatever we need to do, you know, I was just in so much pain. I said, I can't do this anymore. And I, I fell back asleep and I woke up and I did one of these. And I was like, what? And I had full range of motion in my shoulder. And it was, it was so, like the littlest things of picking up babies. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can do it. And then I didn't want to cry wolf. And I didn't want to call her and be like, God healed me. Or go to the church and be like, God healed me. Because I was like, oh, what if, what if, maybe, what if it comes back? What if this? What if it wasn't real? You know, you hear stories in the Bible of God doing things, but you don't always see it as part of your own life of God still doing these things. And it was so cool. And I never had to go back and I never had to get cortisone shots just to the surgery or therapy. And it was just, God was awesome. He's awesome. I just want to say something. I mean, I normally don't do that kind of stuff. Like, oh, hey, let's pray for you. But I am more. I'll tell you that. Um, I'm just an ordinary person who loves the Lord and believes that he can do anything. Fantastic. Uh, so Jesus is the healer, and we hear those stories. We see these stories in, in Scripture, in the New Testament, and stories of Jesus, and then in the book of Acts, which is the story of the early church, where this is normal. 
ordinary people that love Jesus, that believe that what he said is true, continue to do the things that he did. And there isn't a passage in the New Testament where it stops. It continues today. And sometimes we see it and sometimes we don't see it. The last few weeks, the Jesus is series, is I've loved it. I've especially enjoyed watching The Chosen and some of the study material, and I've loved it. But this week, I wasn't meant to be speaking, and I was very pleased to not be speaking on this subject. And I'll tell you the story. Uh, we had a guest speaker who was booked, booked some time in advance. And on Monday, he called me and said, uh, I've got a problem I can't make next Sunday. And I was sad for the problem that this person was experiencing. But instantly, I thought, I don't want to speak on Jesus is the healer. And that was inside of me. And I'll tell you why. This weekend... Uh, is the anniversary of my brother's passing, my brother James, who's 38 years old. And he was ill for some time, but I was convinced that it wouldn't end as it did. I was convinced uh, that he would be healed and that he would live, and he wasn't. And uh, it kind of knocked me. And I still believe in healing. I love these stories. I've not shifted my theological understanding or my practical rejoicing at stories like we've heard from Amanda. But but it knocked me. So when I got the call, I was like, oh no. Now, I'm quite quick and I can be strategic. So instantly I thought, I will reshuffle the order. I can do this. I would speak on the next week, next week and move something else around. Because I'm not convinced I want to do this subject. And I started moving things around thinking, well, Tommy's going to speak then. And I could move this here. And I could get this here. And I could ask this. But, and, uh, and it just felt uncomfortable. I felt like, now maybe there's something in this I'm meant to chew on. Maybe God's doing something in, in me in this uh, for me to process. And sometimes processing doesn't work by sitting in a chair and thinking more. Sometimes I need to exercise. So I went swimming. I went to the swimming pool next to where we live, and I'm doing my normal routine. I'm swimming up and down, and I'm thinking, God, healing. I know you can heal. Don't really want to do this. And I'm swimming up and down, and I'm in a a lane, and two lanes over me, there's a guy in the deep end who's treading water, uh, and it's a familiar face. It's someone I used to speak to a year ago when we used to hang out and connect more. It's someone that I would speak to sometimes. I haven't seen him for about a year. He's got these foams under his arms, and he's in the deep end, and he's treading water. And I thought nothing of it, and I'm going up and down, and I'm having this conversation in my head about the healing service and the healing sermon that I'm trying to believe in but not necessarily want to be the one to speak in. Uh, And I heard God say, Adam, the guy over there, his name is Paul, and he's hurt his left knee. I want you to go and pray for his healing. And I'm thinking, no, no, I'm not having this conversation. I'm having a different conversation. Um, And I heard God say, his name is Paul. He's hurt his left knee. Go and pray for his healing. Now, I swim half a mile. I've got the same predictable routine. It doesn't take me long, and I'm in and I'm out. So I'm going back and forth, and all the time on the back, 
on the way back, I'm seeing him. And I said, okay, you need to make this real easy. Firstly, he needs to be called Paul. Um, so I'm going to say, hey, Paul, how are you doing? And if his name's Joe, I know that this is weird and I'm not doing anything. Uh, so I, I finish my routine. And I very carefully and very slowly at this moment swim in the direction of Paul. And I said, hey, how are you doing? He said, hey, good to see you. Not seeing you for a while. Yeah, crazy year, et cetera, et cetera. I said, it's Paul, right? He said, yes, it is. Why don't you remember my name? I thought, oh. <laughs> uh, so I had to. I said, um, Paul, what's happened to your left knee? And he, he, he was startled. He said, wow. How do you know that? Uh, six weeks ago, uh, I, I damaged a sciatic vein in my left knee. And I've been having a lot of pain. I've been to the doctors and there's Nothing's working. Nothing's touching it. How did you know this? I thought, I'm not going to tell him that. I said, I just did. I said, can I pray for you? He said, yeah, I'd love that. Now, sometimes we think that if we offer to pray for people, people are going to be like, no, go away. But actually, so often, most people, he said, I would love that. So there was this moment this week. On Monday, where I'm in the deep end at the Y, he's treading water, I'm treading water, and I'm praying for this guy's knee from a six-foot distance in a swimming pool. And I'm praying that Paul would meet Jesus, who is the healer. Uh, It wasn't long, because there's only so much you can do when you're treading water. But I was praying that Jesus would reveal himself to Paul as the healer. And in some ways, that sentence is actually what's the most important thing. That Jesus would be revealed for who he is and for what he does. I said to him when I finished, uh, I'll see you again at some point. And if next time you're tearing up the pool, I'll know that Jesus heard your prayer. And if that shifts, please know that it was Jesus that did that. For me, I felt that was a, a prompt. So here I am speaking today on Jesus is the healer. And that's what we're going to look at. This morning, I want to look at it from a number of different angles, and I want to end really practically in asking us to respond. We sang the final song, When You Walk Into the Room, which basically means, Jesus, when you turn up, things change. Amanda followed it by encouraging people to be open. The idea of someone turning up at a room or at a door needs a response. We need to open the door. Jesus isn't going to force his way in. So I want to encourage you to respond and to listen to this. So before we get into the Bible and talk about the subject of healing, let's answer some of the questions that are always fresh. The first one is, does Jesus always heal? And the answer is sadly not, or at least not in our understanding, in our timescale and in our moment. Sadly, that isn't the case. Jesus talked about the kingdom of God coming. He talked about the fact that it was here and that it was coming. There's this sense of we see bits of it, but not the entirety of it, but we will one day. This week, there were a couple of days that were really warm, 65 degrees or something. And I saw people who were swift to put their shorts on. And I looked out my window and I'm seeing people walking in shorts next to the stakes in the ground that the people put for the snow plows to clear where the snow is. And they're both there at the same time. This week coming, it's going to be colder again. 
In some ways, those warm days were a little bit like the kingdom of God. It's here, but not entirely here yet. But it's coming. So do we see healing always? No, but sometimes. Now, this is where it gets a problem for some people. For Some people, because they don't always see it, they don't ever pray for healing. Now, the problem with that idea is if you never pray for healing, you will never see healing. It's a little bit like the person that says, I don't feel God close to me. And then if you were to say to them, are you close to God? Do you seek him often? Sometimes they say no. Well, there is more than a coincidence in this. For the people that pray for healing often, they see healing sometimes. For the people who never pray for healing, they never see healing. This is logic. Now, healing rarely denies the nature and the life cycle of God's creation. In the New Testament, there's this epic story of somebody called Lazarus who died, who Jesus raised from the dead. Now, on the understanding that Lazarus isn't still alive today, Lazarus died again. And as the Old Testament book of Ecclesiastes explains, for everything there is a time and a season, a time to be born and a time to die. We aren't praying that God would shift the creative order, although at times he intervenes and changes the shape of it for a moment. But ultimately, Lazarus died again. We're not always just talking about our bodies when we talk about healing. We are talking about our souls, our spirit, what's inside of us. That ultimately we will be healed, which means restored to the relationship that God always planned for us. In my 20s, I was a youth pastor. And I had the joy of knowing lots of young people. And I had the joy and privilege of leading many of them to meet Jesus for the first time. And there was one young man named Hugh who I met. And I remember being on a youth camp away and really late at night. He had lots of questions about Jesus, and I had the privilege of leading him to meet Jesus for himself. And I remember praying with this guy really late. There was a couple of us, and he met Jesus in a way that changed him. I remember he was quite reserved, and suddenly in this moment, he's crying because he's sensing that God loves him. And it's not just an idea that he's heard, but it's something that's changing him. And it was a powerful moment. A few years Later, I learned that Hugh was in a car accident, and at 22 years of age, uh, his life ended. And uh, I was stunned, upset, and quite annoyed at God at the same time. How could this happen? I remember going for a walk on a beach, and I remember saying, God, Why didn't you save him? I was angry. And I don't say this with any intention that it sounds trite. But the answer that I heard back was, I did save him. So healing, yes, it's about the guy in the swimming pool's knee or Amanda's shoulder. But it's also about All of us, the entirety of us. So, healing is in 
God's nature. It's in his creative order. It's who he is, not just what he does. And the way that God has organized life is incredible, is miraculous, is divine. We see the fingerprints of God and that Jesus loves and heals. And we see that in us. And I want to say we see that in our biology, we see it in science, we see it in every part of us. And I'm going to introduce my friend Ian, who is going to appear on the screen and tell us about what healing looks like in his context, in his profession, and in his workplace. Hi, everybody. I'm Ian Penn. I'm a nurse practitioner and just wanted to talk a little bit about um, the intersection of faith and science. So in my field, we see a lot of um, the science piece of things, and I'm fortunate enough to be working in a practice where we also integrate the faith uh, portion into our care for our patients. Um, what's really interesting is I don't have a whole lot of experience with um, you know, spontaneous healing, the, the traditionally mirac miraculous uh, healing events, but I, I do on a very regular basis see what I consider um, things that, that are miraculous. Uh, I, I grew up in a church that believed that uh, science and faith were at odds with one another. And through my studies and through my time, um, you know, delving into nursing and medicine, I, um, I discovered that, you know, God, I see God working through science uh, in significant ways. And when I prescribe a medication for a blood pressure pill that helps someone live a longer, happier life. When I realize that I can see in color, uh, when I realize that, you know, our hearts beat a hundred thousand times a day, often for 80, 90, a hundred years with very few hiccups, that, that is miraculous. I, I think that, you know, that is where God working in and through science is just so spectacular. Um, I was thinking a couple of weeks ago, uh, I was very fortunate to receive uh, vaccination for the coronavirus for COVID-19 and just thinking how miraculous is it that uh, God gave us the opportunity, the ability to study science and study life in a way that we could produce a vaccine that would protect, protect us during a worldwide pandemic. How amazing is that? Um, and I really see that as miraculous. I see that as God working through uh, science that he created. So um, so I guess just something to think as we're moving through this, um, you know, look for those things, God working through the science, God working through the seemingly mundane, but nevertheless miraculous. The way we're made. Psalm 139 says this, you created me in my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. As Ian's just explained, we are wonderfully made. When I was a child and I fell out of a tree and I broke my arm, the doctor and the hospital didn't fix it. They just put it in a cast where it stayed in the same position and my arm healed itself. 
because that's the way God made our bodies. So let's look at this in Scripture. In Exodus 15, 26, God introduces himself like this. He says, I am the Lord who heals you. He isn't saying this is something that I can do. He's saying this is who I am. And then Jesus, the word Jesus means savior. The Greek, which is what the original New Testament language was written in, uses the word sozo, which means I save. And it's also the same word that can be interpreted I heal. This is who Jesus is, not just what he does. There is an importance in making the difference. I remember there was a phrase that you don't hear much nowadays, but I remember hearing this in years gone by. There there was a phrase where people would talk about somebody married somebody for their money. This is who Jesus is. May I encourage you not just to seek him for what he does. Don't just seek his hands, seek who he is. When we know Jesus, Jesus is the healer. Don't just seek the healing. Let's not marry Jesus for his money, for the benefits or for the things that he can do for us, but for who he is. Matthew 9, 35, we'll put this on the screens. This explains something about what Jesus was doing. Jesus went through all the towns and villages teaching in their synagogues, Proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. Look at the small but important word, every. All situations. None of them are okay, but these ones are frightening or these ones are off limits. All conditions, physical, emotional, spiritual, grief, brokenness, all conditions. At the beginning of Luke's gospel, Jesus introduces himself by reading this ancient prophecy. And this is the the words that he used to introduce himself. And he says, I have come to heal the brokenhearted. I have come to heal the brokenhearted. What a beautiful introduction. Jesus walks into the room and we're all broken. And Jesus introduces himself to say, hey, nice to meet you. I've come to heal the brokenhearted. Yes, I heal your arm or Paul's leg or someone's shoulder, but I've also come to heal your broken hearts. I love that that's the way Jesus begins and introduces who he is and what he's about. I love that. So why did Jesus heal? Matthew 14 verse 4 says this, when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and he healed their sick. Jesus cared. When Jesus walked into that room and introduced himself as I've come to heal the brokenhearted, this wasn't a slick marketing statement. This was compassion for the people that he saw. That when Jesus looks around at the society that we live in, he's concerned, he's compassionate. Which is why people like Ian do what they do. Because when we see the brokenness, we want to do something about it. That's the heart of God. We're meant to feel like that. That's the way Jesus was. So we are to do the same. We are to do the same things that Jesus did. Luke 9 verse 2. Jesus was speaking to his followers. And he said this. He sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God. 
and to heal the sick. The kingdom of God is the rule and the reign of God, the way things were meant to be. And the way things are at the moment is not a true picture of the way things are meant to be. So Jesus sends you and me out to those offices, those medical practices, those swimming pools, those other places we find ourselves in. And he says, proclaim a different way of doing things. Proclaim a different kingdom, a different order, which as I've said many times, you can't have a kingdom without a king, and the king is Jesus. Proclaim this message, this story. Paint this picture, this landscape. Or to use the church vision statement, create that kind of environment where people encounter Jesus. And while you're there and you see the brokenness and the fragility of society, bring healing. How? By introducing people to Jesus, the healer. So to bring it together, Jesus heals. We don't. I can't do it. You can't do it. Ian can't do it. But Jesus can. Jesus is the healer. But we must be obedient in the sending. He's waiting for us to trigger the conversation, to offer to pray for the friend. He's waiting for us, as we so often see nearly all of the miracles, the creation story perhaps being the the exception. God co-labors with people like you and me. And he wants us to be the hands and feet that represent him in his words and in his actions. We are the means that Jesus uses to reach people. And in this context, in this subject, to bring healing. Miraculous healings do happen today. When Sarah and I were in the early days, uh, the year before we were married, Sarah visited England. And England is a place where... Faith is low, church attendance is low. It could be considered almost a post-Christendom society. Sarah was on the streets in Southampton with a team and there was somebody who needed prayer for healing and this person was blind and on the streets of Southampton, they received their sight. That's the kind of miracle that stops you in your tracks and goes, my goodness, this is real. I remember being at a worship event, and there was somebody who was in a wheelchair who stood up. That's remarkable. A number of years ago, probably probably four or five years ago, I was was hosting, I was leading a, a, a church service like Amanda is today. And we were praying. And I felt God say, there's somebody here who's been trying to have a baby. And I want you to pray for them. There was a few hundred people in the room, and I want you to pray that what isn't working would be healed and restored and that they would conceive. Now, this is one of these words where I believe that God speaks to us. But I'm also aware that sometimes when God speaks to us, how do we handle this? We need to be mature in this and be sensitive in this. But I felt that I needed to act, so I prayed if there's somebody here that's that's praying for a baby and something at the moment isn't working and I don't know what it is, We're going to pray for healing and we're going to pray for hope. We're going to pray for a baby. And I didn't know what happened. I didn't know what happened because, anyway. But a few months later, somebody came up to me and said, 
were pregnant. There's a baby coming. And it was around that date where God, God did something. Nothing else was working. When we pray that Jesus would do something, often he does. So how do we approach? Because we're going to do, we're not just going to talk about the subject. We're going to, we're going, we're going to pray. We're going to pray for some people. How do we do this? We pray in Jesus' name. It's Jesus' name. It's not our name. It's not my name. There isn't somebody that has a gift of healing and somebody that doesn't. It's Jesus. And when Jesus sends out the disciples, he sends them all out. There's not a few special ones and a few others that are not so special. It's, they're all sent out to do the things. So we pray in Jesus' name. We pray with some faith. I've told some stories of faith, and I've also owned the fact that there's times when my faith's been shocked Stunned and kind of knocked. We pray with some faith. And I'm emphasizing the word some. Somebody came to Jesus and said, I've not got a lot. I believe help me overcome my unbelief was the exact wording. And Jesus said, if you've got faith just like a tiny seed, that's enough. I can work with that. I like that. There may be some people in the room that have got lots of faith. And there's some people that have got a tiny bit because it's been knocked and they've been disappointed. Jesus says, I'm glad you've got a tiny bit. We can work with that. We need to pray with willingness, not reluctance. All of these stories that I've told, there was somebody in the story that was willing. We need to be willing. If we aren't willing, God will never use us. I want us to be a church where we are willing. I'd like us to be generous with our willingness. But even if you're not generous, please be slightly willing. God will use your slightly willing and it will probably grow. That's the way faith works. If you pray for someone for healing and it doesn't happen, don't blame them. It's not because they didn't have enough faith. Don't do that. That doesn't help. And then when we pray, I love the way Kara explained it. We love Jesus. We center on Jesus. And then we ask Jesus to heal our friend. I love the simplicity, but yet the richness of that. So some of the stories I've told you today began with God speaking to us. Speak to this person. This is his name and this is what's happened to him. Or there's someone in a room who wants to have a baby. Or this something else going on. Sometimes God speaks to us in a divine way. As I was praying and preparing for this, I prayed, God, if you want to speak to us, uh, let us know. I told the staff on Tuesday we're going to be doing this. And I said, could you pray? And if someone, if God speaks to you and, and gives you an idea or an impression or a feeling, maybe a symptom that somebody else has that he's highlighting because he wants to heal that person, please tell me and I'm going to read them out. So we're going to pray. And I'm going to tell you some of the things that people felt that we should pray for. And I want to ask you, if you need to meet Jesus as the healer today, I want to encourage you to respond, both in the room and online, wherever you are. I don't want to rush this moment. I want to introduce you to Jesus, who introduces himself by saying, Hi, my name is Jesus. I've come to heal the brokenhearted or the broken womb or the broken leg. This is who Jesus is. So as we were praying, and as the staff were praying over the week, somebody said to me, 
somebody's got back pain and it, and it relates to an injury. They've had it for so long, they've, they're owning it like it's theirs. This is the way it's always going to be. I'd like to pray for that person. For some person or people, it's healing of the mind. We aren't just physical. We have a physical health and we have a mental health. And for some people, we need to pray for the healing of their mental health. For one person, they've got injury in their rib cage. We need to pray for that person. And then for me, and I think you'll know if it's you from some of the stories I've told you today, the word is brokenness. And I want to pray that you would know the Jesus who walks in in Luke's four, Luke 4 and says, I've come to heal the brokenness. So if one of those symptoms or scenarios is you, or if there is another area in your life that you know, and I'm not going to ask you to come forward or tell us or embarrass you. I'm not going to ask any questions. But if there is another area in your life where you need to know Jesus is the healer, if you're in the room, can you please stand now? And we're going to pray. And if you're watching online and you need to know Jesus is the healer, why don't, if you're watching on the social media page, why don't you write healer in the, in the comments? And for those of us in the room, we're going to pray for those in the room. And for those online, if you're watching online, why don't you pray for those watching online? If somebody has just wrote healer and you're watching with them, why don't you pray for them? And why don't you even write on the comments that you're praying for whoever that person is? I want to make this something that we do for each other. I don't want us to be a church where there is one person that has to pray for you. And if that person doesn't pray for you, then it doesn't work the same. We are all, to quote the passage in Mark's gospel, all sent out to proclaim the kingdom and to heal the sick. So for those online, pray for those online. And for those in the room, if you're near somebody that's standing, if you're comfortable, can you just extend a hand in their direction? We don't necessarily need to move. I don't want to infringe on people's space and I don't want anyone to feel at risk in light of the current health pandemic but I also don't want that to hinder the instruction of, that Jesus gave to his followers to proclaim the kingdom which is a different rule and a different reign where their brokenness is healed wounds are recovered and life begins. So let's raise our hands to those around us. And Lord Jesus, we, we do what you told us to do. We proclaim a different kind of kingdom, a different way to the way that we see around us, the way that we see so often in us. Lord, we pray for your kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. 
We pray for our friends. We pray for our brothers and sisters in the room. We pray for our friends online. Lord, we pray that they would know you as Jesus the healer. As Jesus the one who says, I am healing. My name means I've come to save. My name means I've come to heal. Come Holy Spirit, we pray. And bring healing. Lord, for the person who's got a back pain that relates to an injury, Lord, if they've owned that too much and said this is the way it's always going to be, Lord, I pray against that ownership that isn't from you. Lord, change change that first and heal their back, I pray. Lord, forgive us, Father, for the times when we've held on to things that we were never meant to hold on to. We've said, well, this is the way it's always going to be. No, no, no. There's a different kingdom coming. And that's not the way it's meant to be. Lord, for the healing of the mind, Lord, we know that we live in physical bodies, but we also know that as much as we have a a physical health, we have a mental health. and, And we're all on the mental health spectrum as much as we're on the physical health spectrum. Lord, for anyone that's struggling in their mind, Lord, I pray that you bring peace. Lord, sometimes the the storms in our mind are as turbulent as as the sea in the winter can be. Lord, I pray for peace in the mind. Lord, I pray, Jesus, that you come and speak peace to the turmoil that rages in some people's minds. Lord, for the ribcage injury, Lord, we pray for healing in Jesus' name. Lord, for brokenness. And I don't know if there's any of us that are exempt from this at times. Lord, I love that you catch our tears, that you count our tears, that you mourn when we mourn, that you cry when we cry. Lord, that you ache as we ache. Lord, we we trust you with our brokenness and we invite you into it. Lord, we open the door to our brokenness and we say, Jesus, please come in. And Lord, for anything else, for anyone else, Lord, we pray and we proclaim a different kingdom. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name for healing, for hope, and for extraordinary moments and shifts that in our lives, in our church, would increasingly become normal, business Amen we're going to worship why don't we stand the team are going to lead us in a song Sarah's going to share something before she does if you're 
If you're praying for healing, this is not the moment to stop. Keep praying. If you need God to do something, keep, sometimes I use the phrase, keep doing business with God. I don't want to rush this moment. Sarah's going to share and then we're going to sing. And as we sing, we're going to worship Jesus. Again, we're seeking him, not just his hands.